0: This is Why We Plan, a podcast for business owners and their advisors about how to better plan for the exit from a business. Join us each episode as we discuss different elements of exit planning, including real life stories, challenges and opportunities of owners and their advisors. Well, Welcome everyone to this episode of Why We Plan. I'm your host, John Brown. I'm the founder of Business Enterprise Institute, which is a company which supports other advisors across the country in helping their owners exit their business in style, to leave their business on their terms. With me today is Jeremy Pugliese. The proper Italian pronunciation I might add. Uh, from New Jersey, uh, Jeremy is a longtime BEI member and he's here to talk to us about his exit planning practice, how he got started, why he's interested in exit planning, how that's affected his practice and so on. So welcome, Jeremy. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, thanks for having me. It's good to see you, John. Um, my name is Jeremy Puglisi. I'm originally from upstate New York in the Hudson Valley. I currently live in West Milford, New Jersey, where I'm a financial advisor with International Planning Alliance and a certified exit planner, wealth management, certified professional, retirement income certified professional. Um, I do asset management. We um, also do quite a bit of succession planning and ownership transition for a lot of local business owners. So, yeah, thanks for having me.
0: You're more than welcome. So tell us how you, I guess, got interested in exit planning or succession planning, uh, and where that's led you to.
1: I, my interest in this topic started when I worked for a family business. I worked with my dad for about 19 years. And one of the things that we worked on together, was trying to figure out what to do with the family business and how that was going to look. Was it going to be somebody that bought the business and I went to work for them? Or was it me taking over the business? There was a lot of talk, but there wasn't a lot of things written down. Mm -hmm. And I came from a family where it was very, it's very common now, right? Like a mixed family where I have a stepmother and I have uh, siblings that were not at the time active in the business. And I was there, every day, all day with my dad running the business. And I noticed as I asked a lot of our friends and customers, other small business owners, what they were going to do, nobody really had a plan. And I knew that I wanted to be somebody that could provide planning. I knew definitely financial, and then I saw a big big need in the marketplace. Specifically for me, I work with a lot of HVAC contractors, so that's heating, ventilation, air conditioning, plumbers, um, electricians, construction companies. i I come from a background of the trades and service business, service businesses. So, so that really got me interested in this.
0: Yeah. And those, uh, and then when I practiced all that was really my focus too, was construction companies. I, I just enjoyed working with owners of construction companies. They were pretty upfront, uh, hardworking and, they're really a lot. They were the people who made our country what it is today in many ways, but like to your point, none of them, at least that I worked with initially, us. didn't have a, a good understanding of how they could get out of their business successfully. And so that led me into exit planning. I suspect that's the same path that you've tried.
1: Yeah. I, I also like, I'm a very, I'm an early morning person and I like most of my client meetings with business owners, they have to get on the job site, they have to get their guys out in the field. So I'm meeting with them at like 6 a.m. And they like the idea that somebody's gonna come, and come in, have a cup of coffee at their warehouse with them or at their, at their, their office. And we're gonna talk to them before the chaos of their you know, day starts. So I think that also got me a lot of brownie points with a lot of business owners, because I'm not afraid to get up and show up there early and do the work. And they, they respect that, right? They're all hardworking individuals that really respect that level of, um, that level of like intensity when you're doing, when you're going to do something.
0: So when you meet that's interesting. I mean, that's so many exit planners have really gone down this, the same process. They started working with owners, wanted to help them, decided that they needed to have more understanding of a planning process specifically succession planning or exit planning uh and that's changed their practice so how how has exit planning changed your practice
1: it's a it's it's amazing in the beginning i i started working with people with business owners and telling them that i was an exit planner before i had ever done any exit planning just knowing that I had the support of my firm. This was before I was involved with BEI, right? And I learned about it. We have other gentlemen who have a lot of experience in it. So I would open up the meetings. Then I would bring in somebody more experienced. And then, as that went on, and I did a couple of cases that way, and a couple of different, couple of different plans that way, um, you know, I was able to get exposed to, I would say, intricate, really intricate. Um, thought processes where you have to really understand somebody's business and you have to be over on their side of the table, right? Like you got to really understand what's going on so that you can make recommendations that are very impactful and going to make a change in their life. I liked that. It wasn't cookie cutter, right? I didn't want something cookie cutter. I wanted something where I could be stimulated and it was really a problem that had to be solved on a complex level, and I would have the help of CPAs and account, you know, uh, attorneys and all of this. That I would say mentally, that really changed um, my practice and how I approached planning. Um, the, I was very, I tried to become very thoughtful about uh, all the different recommendations that I would make and how it would impact the client. And then another way, I mean, once you become the person, I'll give you an example. A business owner, plumber, 50 employees, right? Has a partner that my customer, my client works very hard. His his partner may not, he, he would almost be considered inactive, right? But he still owns 50%. It's very common with partners. And these are gentlemen in their seventies, you know, or late sixties at the time. And they had tried many times to dissolve their partnership. And we were able, you know, to come in, work with them and figure out something that, a deal that worked for everybody and they were able to dissolve that relationship or dissolve their partnership and then my client stayed on so we helped get that now he says i want to sell my business but we have a two-year wait period from our from our uh, old transaction of getting rid of that old partner so now we have two years to make the business really profitable and then really get it ready for sale, secure the management team, get everything really ship-shaped so that when we go to market, it's gonna look shiny, right? That, that to me is, a, that's a very attractive process. You're really seeing a change in somebody's life and, and a lot of lives, the employees, everybody that works there, so.
0: That, that's, a, that's a great story. So your practice today, what percentage of your time spent is involved in planning of this type exit planning versus in providing financial planning strictly financial planning
1: 50% wow. 50% yeah i have standing meetings 3 days a week with business owners that usually will take they'll take me i guess my face to face meetings right now standing are 3 days a week from like 7.30 to 10.30 with business owners every week, except for vacations and holidays. So I, plus I have prep time. And then, you know, there's also a process um, of follow-ups and all the action items that get gathered when you go meet with the business owner, what are we gonna execute, right? Um, so I would say 50% of my time, even today, I signed on another another large company in the Northeast that we're gonna be working with to help transition ownership.
0: So as a financial planner, uh, are you also doing the investment advice and financial planning for these clients at the same time?
1: So it depends. When, I, when a client signs on and it's a, in a consultation, right? On a, a consulting agreement, we're not giving any investment advice. That consulting agreement is just for exit planning or maybe, um, maybe uh, employee retention, right? Or maybe some sort of a paid negotiator, if like mm-hmm. in the dissolution of a partnership. So I'm not giving investment advice. However, they do come to learn about the way that I conduct myself professionally, right? They're exposed to the level of hard work and attention they get. And that after that engagement ends, they're always, I find myself, we're sitting at the end of the, whatever that engagement, that deal. Yeah. And they're like, all right, what's next? right? Like what's the next thing that we can do together. And they want me engaged. They want me to be with, so then it's a natural, it's a natural transition to asset management, financial planning, retirement planning, not just for them, but multi-generational planning, right? For their kids. If the kids are active in the business, like just, just all of all of that. It's a natural transition.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I want to talk just a minute about how you charge for that, because that's time-consuming it's high level, valuable advice. But um, what it was interesting to, that I learned is that most of our BEI members, majority today of new members are financial advisors. It's probably 75% of our new members are financial advisors because they do planning, right? You do, you've been doing financial planning for I don't know how long, but lawyers and CPAs typically are not planning oriented. They're more solving a problem oriented. Um, so they are already doing financial planning with, for a client when they, the, the financial planners, and then they talk about exit planning to some extent, you're the reverse of that. You're going in and developing a relationship based upon how to help them plan for the future of their business and, and to exit their business. And then if appropriate, you do the financial advisory work. Yes. Um, so my yeah. first question is, how do you develop those clients if they're not coming from, exit clients, if they're not coming from your financial planning practice?
1: Well, there's a few ways. I mean, I did work in a family business, a small family business for a long time. So I developed relationships. Now, sure. I would say out of the 350 clients I had in my other career, I probably... 5% of those are the cream of the crop that I want to work with. So it doesn't mean I have 350 business owners that are like the ideal client. Mm-hmm. It means that I probably have 15, right? Out of 350. Yeah. Now, that being said, I have relationships with CPAs, attorneys, turnaround experts, right? So sometimes when a business is struggling, they'll hire a turnaround consultant to fix the business up, get it profitable. Well, that's like a perfect person for me, right? I mean, a mm-hmm. turnaround If, if you have somebody that's coming in for 12 to 24 months to fix a business and make it more profitable, and then we actually have something to develop and protect and kind of market, I mean, that's a great referral source for me. And yeah, I would say other professionals and other advisors, other financial advisors bring me in and sometimes then they'll do the asset management. They'll position it where, look, this is Jeremy, he does the exit planning, uh, Advisor number two, let's say, is the financial advisor, and he'll do the retirement, the retirement planning. while I do the exit planning.
0: That's interesting. So, I'm guessing your exit planning projects, your clients, uh, some are fairly straightforward. In fact, it may not be an entire exit plan. Maybe it's just developing an incentive planning uh, incentive plan for the key people or something like that. And others might be a complicated scenario with different moving parts, multiple owners, children involved, et cetera. How do you, how do you charge for those different types of services? And, and well, I guess that's the question, just how do you charge? Yeah, you, yeah I charge
1: it. So I, I do project-based charges. I look at a project, I talk it over with some of my colleagues and I'll, I'll have a rough idea of how many hours. Now I've done so many. In the beginning, I didn't make any money because I wanted to just get exposure, yeah. right? And I didn't, and I would spend tons of time learning all this stuff and doing joint work and splitting it. And, and I didn't mind the splitting, but I would quote it so low because I just needed to get in there and kind of get some like at bats and baseball, right? You just want to get out the plate. Okay, so I did that enough. And now I'm to the point where I have enough experience so I can look at a project and say, look, this is going to take me four hours a week for 45 weeks, right? And I can figure out what the right amount is. Or um, today, the one that I'm working on, they're doing a recapitalization, right? They're doing a recapitalization of ownership and they're, you know, transferring some things into trust. I'm not an attorney. All they want is somebody that's like a trusted advocate that has a lot of know-how and will really look out for their best interest and kind of drive the process because they're running the business. They don't have time to be on the phone with the attorneys and they just want somebody who's always going to be a taskmaster, task master, and pushing that along. So mm-hmm. even that, it's um, yeah, I would say numerically, like the clients that I'm working with right now, where I'm meeting with them weekly for a year, we're we're going to charge around fifty thousand dollars for the year. Um, so it, you know, a handful of those clients plus financial services practice, it can it can be a very be a very great opportunity for an advisor, um, and then ultimately, right with all of, I would say all of those clients, the ones that have a year-long engagement like that, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take over assets. The, they'll be done. They won't be business owners, but we're managing the assets partially now already because maybe we're into our second year of an engagement, like mm-hmm. it, you know. So so that's how well that's how we'll charge. But it's it's project based. It's not hourly because then they know that my incentive is to get it done. If it's hourly, I feel like internally there could be a conflict of interest because you're getting paid for time. Whereas when it's project-based, they want me to get it done. I want to get it done faster. And our our motives are aligned and it seems very natural.
0: That's interesting. As no lawyer, of course, we always charge by the hour. So if there was an incentive, it was to think slowly, right? act slowly, but uh, yeah, that's interesting. So, uh, I, we have another member who has, he has a similar concept in in terms of how he charges fees. He just charges at the beginning of a project. Again, he's experienced. So he, he has an idea of the amount of work that's involved. He will charge X dollars, say $40,000 for your exit plan. And through completion, through implementation. And, and, and he will say, and I will get started. You pay me now the full 40,000. I will get started when you're ready. Huh. It's interesting. And yeah, that sort of motivates the owner to get started right now and, and to stay with it. So I think I th- it
1: depends on, I think it depends on the industry. So hmm. if you think about the people, for me, at least the people that I work with contractors that are doing larger projects, they're mm-hmm. very comfortable with my model. A third, a third, a third, a third up front, a third, when we have a rough draft of a plan and the third upon execution and, fi- and everything's final, that's how they run their projects. Most sure. of so it's very, to them, it's like, oh, this all makes sense. I really want to take that on with my clients. I want them, they're going to have enough, they're going to have enough new things to learn. I don't need them to be confused about how I get paid. Like it's very transparent and that's, you know,
0: that's great. Um, anything else you want to talk about your practice? I mean, you have a great insight on how to, how to really be an effective and efficient exit planner. What else would you add?
1: Um, I'm amazed that the vast majority I, I think a lot of times in the beginning when I didn't have experience about how to handle this the biggest asset that I brought to the table was structure and being organized and having you know uh, a deadline for things and making sure that everybody involved in the deal knew the deadline for every item so that we all were very clear and in the beginning I didn't know anything about how to do this but I could offer structure because I'm Naturally, an organized person. I feel, and I will say, as a as a when I was a new advisor, and to any newer advisors that are listening or newer in exit planning, all to be ultra organized and re- really detailed with everything, so that you have a almost a deal calendar of how things are going to develop, and then sticking to that and being clear with the communication, so everybody knows. And you'll be surprised, just on the general sense of. Um, it, a feeling that will happen is everybody's watching. Like if it's me and a CPA and an attorney and a business owner, and it's on me to, to, to get something done by a certain time, I don't want everybody to see that I'm going to, you know, fail quote unquote, or, or take or slow the process. I want to get my stuff done. So I'm the strong link in the chain. And once you kind of get that energy going, the whole team will drive, but it ne- they need somebody to quarterback. that. They need mm-hmm. somebody to quarterback that. And that's, I think a big, That is a big, big thing that like BEI and this whole, this whole organization and the whole mindset of it, it really helped me understand how to package that.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And I think that's true. And by saying that you want to quarterback it, most attorneys and CPAs, there are lots of exceptions. They're happy doing their work. Right, staying within yep. boundaries of their profession, in, in, a, in a sense, you almost have to as an attorney, especially you know, um, they look forward to having a competent person leading the charge, and, and yeah. they'll do their work and they'll do it on time and they'll contribute. Uh, but that's one of the great benefits of being an exoplaning advisor is that you you're at the head of the table.
1: Yeah, and and I think once a business owner has an experience, that's how you prove your net worth, right? you're proving your worth to them, not your net worth, but you're proving your worth, right? You're, that, that money that they spend and the fees that I collect, once they experience what it's like to have something that is really a fine, it's a finely oiled machine, right? Like this process is driving through and it's gonna get done and we're all gonna kind of, you know arm in arm walk through this and get it done, right? And, and I think that is really where, um, they're seeing a return on their investment because it's an investment. They're a business owner, they work hard, they make, they, they're doing their best to be profitable and to make money. And I, and for me, that's not lost. So when they cut a check and they're paying a fee, they have to get something for it. They have to get, you know, something that's material so they can see a difference. And that is the real return they get, because, you know, um, If somebody's trying to dissolve a relationship with a partner and it takes five years and it's painful, their business is going to suffer during the five years. Corporate culture is definitely going to suffer. Maybe their key employees are going to leave because of all the different cattiness that goes on. Nobody nobody wants to go to work, right? But if you can get that done in 18 months, he just gained three and a half years. And now in five years, we can go to market and then we can have a nice shiny business where maybe he can retire or his child can take it over. Sure. Right. Like that is and when you're talking about individuals that are in their 60s and they've been doing this or 50s or 70s, there's something that happens after you've been in your I was in my industry before this for 19 years. Right. And I'm 42. So I had 19 years in that other industry. Once you start to get close to having decades in an industry, you, you start to really want to be useful with your time, like really efficient, like I don't want to waste any time. And I think that that's a huge benefit to having an advisor that captains these kinds of transactions.
0: Well, that is why we plan.
1: That's right. That's right. Yes, it is. Thank
0: you very much, Jeremy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to tune in for our next episode. If you'd like more information on better ways to plan for the future, please visit exitplanning.com.